Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, uh, a guy who did not rescue 300 Americans from Israel over the weekend. Ron DeSantis, give the guy credit, marshalling his resources as the governor of Florida and getting 300 million Americans, 300 million, wow, that's an inflation, 300 Americans out of Israel, thankfully, uh, at a time when the Biden administration uh, is still talking in circles about this situation. Biden sucks. Uh, we're going to get into it today with Ryan Zinke, uh, who gives us the latest on the quest to find a new House speaker. And Tommy Laren, uh talking about anti-Israel misinformation uh, coming from Ilhan Omar. She's worse than Kamala. It's going to be a messy Monday. Just buckle up. 888 788 Nine nine one zero. If you want to be a part of the show, uh, a show that functions with one rule, you could be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a. There it is. Happy Monday, back in action. Uh, if you came to the taping of my one-hour special this Friday night at the Paramount out on Strong Island, this is for you. Uh, really was, though, just an outrageously rowdy crowd. Uh, uh, such a unique experience. I don't even really know how to respond to what it was other than to say thank you. Uh, I'm sure it's going to look incredible when you finally see it on TV, but it was just so much fun. Like the whole run up to the whole thing. I mean, something you need to know about uh, the process of being me, if you follow the story. They're like, yeah, he was a cab driver, and then he's on like radio and TV, and he's doing the comedy and the whole shebang, shaboo. It's a great, wonderful story. Uh, but the most wonderful thing about it for me is that I've just been too busy having fun uh, to notice the climb. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can tell you, yeah, I was broke. I was driving around in a cab, getting cut off and shot at. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't enjoying it. I was having fun. I mean, that's the whole point of being alive is you're in the fun business. I say this every day. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun today. So I'm too busy enjoying myself to even notice how ridiculous it has gotten. Like, I was sitting around in the green room Friday night. There's, you know, hundreds of cameras and people and, you know. A lot of big names that I work with here at Fox, hanging out in the green room, chit-chatting, all the fancy stuff. And uh, the opening act, Ryan Reese, who's a phenomenal comic, did a phenomenal job, uh, was like, he was nervous. He's like, oh, he's, I'm nervous for you. He's like, and I was like, gosh, you just, you don't get it. Uh, and I love Ryan. He did a phenomenal job. I'm just, it's so much fun to do all of this stuff. I'm so incredibly grateful for the opportunity to do all of this stuff. But I'm, you know, man, I, I it's it's so hard to articulate, but I don't feel any of it. It's great. It's just fun. So I don't feel nervous. I'm not like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I'm going on in a minute. Oh, you know what I mean? There sure are a lot of people out there. Oh, this could be a problem. That's not going on. I'm just having a good time. So we blasted music in the green room in the run up to the show. Then Emily Campagno showed up. You guys don't know this. Some of you might have at one of my meet and greets heard this thing about what goes on backstage. So we jokingly, before I go on stage when I'm on the road, I always play this NFL Films passage, this John Facenda passage about the Oakland Raiders. It's called The Autumn Wind. And he talks about the autumn wind as a raider, you know, 
knock you down, upside down, laugh when he's conquered and won, that whole thing. Well, Emily, being the former head cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders, just happened to be in the green room before the show when we played our little ridiculous ritual. So she did like her Raiders cheerleader dance and marshaled some backup dancers to join her. And it was like, it was hilarious. So at a time where we were probably supposed to be nervous or like, oh my gosh, this could be the biggest night of your career. I was just too busy laughing. And like we got on stage and it just spilled into the show and it was just such a phenomenal all-around night. Uh, but that's the best way I can sum it up, is this is really, really fun. Uh, and I'm thankful for all of you who are a part of the ride. It really was a unique experience. I don't think I'll ever forget it. Uh, but it was just so much damn fun, okay? And I have nothing else to say. Watch it when it comes out. You're going to be like, wow, they had a lot of fun. They were rowdy. They were definitely drinking quite a bit in that theater, and they were. It's what we do on Strong Island. We just, you know, we just come out of the womb. I think most of the people I grew up with, I think their first words were Coors Light. You know, there were some bud-heavy drinkers as well in, the, in that infirmary where I was born. Uh, but that's the goal. Uh, every day that you're alive is an opportunity to have fun, and we certainly did that on Friday, and we will continue to do that no matter how chaotic it gets out here in these streets. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Boom. Now, for those of you who did ask about the pre-show diet, because they were kind of, you know, I was starving in the run-up, eating very healthy. A lot of Greek yogurt, a lot of cashews, and just crying. It was rough because I didn't want to be too fat on camera. Uh, The minute, the minute that show was over, my gosh. Everyone had asked me, like, what are you going to eat after the show? You've been on this diet for, like, two months. What are you going to eat? Yo, I ate if you need to know. And we have to do a show here really quickly, so I'll wrap this up fast. But I know some of you are very invested in my well-being and my day-to-day functionality. Uh, uh, That show ended, and we just fired a starter's pistol. I was at the diner after the little wrap-up party, you know, where they were filming me with my family and stuff. I went to the diner. I had a Twin Cheese Deluxe with extra. Extra order of onion rings, extra order of mozzarella sticks, order of disco fries, two burgers, two slices of cheesecake. Hey, girl. Saturday, Lincoln had a game. Clark Rams, by the way, put up a 32-12 to 12 final. <laughs> I believe it was three points off Lincoln's prediction at 35-12, but the Link man with some big sacks on the line of scrimmage uh, dominated defensively. They get a big win. That took the party over to Fred's Deli. Uh, so Saturday consisted of two chicken and bacon heroes, six slices of pizza. Uh, I ate a half an ice cream cake. I'm not even kidding. It was bad. <laughs> the point is I was hungry and I made up for the two months off. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizza. True story. Six slices of pizza. Sunday I went to Fred's Deli, had a hungry man. Six eggs, ham, bacon, sausage, and home fries on a hero with a corn muffin and an entire crumb cake. That went on as well. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Not really. Uh, but today it's over. That was it. I had my 72-hour Amish rum springer. I got off the farm, tried technology and all of those crazy vices. Uh, in 72 hours, got the genie back into the bottle, and we're back in action today, just ready to start living like productive members of society. So uh, let's pick up where we left off. There's a radio show to do, uh, and we should probably go do it instead of having an intervention for myself. So a real quick one, uh, DeSantis, big shout-out to DeSantis, governor of Florida, over the weekend announced that. 
with all the chaos going on in Israel, okay, you've got Israeli troops poised to invade Gaza. Uh, the president spoke about that last night. He was on 60 Minutes with Scott Pelley. I don't remember that ever happening. Well, before we get to the president, one of the guys who is vying to replace him as president, okay, Ron DeSantis, marshaled the resources of his state, got a charter flight over to Israel, and got 300 Americans out of there who were otherwise trapped, okay? Yes, the government is saying the right things in terms of, yeah, we'll get people out of Israel, okay? But you know when else the government was saying the right things? When we needed to get people out of Afghanistan. Bingo. There's no way you can look at this administration and go, oh, no, they're definitely going to get everybody home. Oh, no, they're not, they're not going to turn their backs on their allies. They'd never do that, okay? You'd be crazy to believe that were true because of the thousands of people who got stuck behind enemy lines in Afghanistan, okay? Mind you, in Afghanistan, we pulled the troops out with the guns ahead of the civilians with the iPhones. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But the bottom line is DeSantis, to his credit, sensing... Okay, what a humanitarian disaster it would be to leave Americans as the conflict threatens to escalate and sadly very much looks like it's about to. Okay, DeSantis stepped up to the plate with the game on the line uh, and sent over a plane and ultimately did get 300 people out of there. Now, that's amazing. And that deserves credit. Okay, bottom line, like them, hate them, doesn't matter who you vote for. If somebody's out there helping the country, if somebody's out there helping people get home, Okay, they deserve our credit. Correct the mundo. Here is DeSantis uh, at the airport uh, in Tampa, clip 28. We are having our first flight of people being rescued from Israel. It has landed over 260 people that wanted to get back to the United States and couldn't do it. Uh, There was a devoid of leadership, so we stepped up and led. Uh, We're happy to be able to deliver that. So we're getting ready to welcome them back to the United States of America. It's a big win. Okay, you get the people home. uh, And the one thing he made, the one delineation uh, when it comes to getting people here uh, was that he put all the emphasis on Americans who wanted to be here. Okay, the president was asked over the weekend uh, about Israel and refugees and progressives want refugees from Gaza coming to the United States of America. I've got to be honest with you. I mean, that can't be good. Not good. Okay, they're all anti-Semitic. Okay, they hate America. DeSantis, to his credit, said, no, we shouldn't be taking. Okay, we should not be taking refugees to the U.S. Okay, here he is asked about it on Face the Nation, standing by his comments, clip 29. But if you look at their education system, this has been an issue for a long time. They teach kids to hate Jews. The textbooks do not have Israel even on the map. Uh, They prepare very young kids uh, to commit terrorist attacks. So I think it's a toxic culture. And I think if we were to import large numbers of those to the United States, I think it would increase anti-Semitism in this country. And I think it would increase anti-Americanism in this country. And that's something after seeing those demonstrations pop up in our country, just with with blood still flowing amongst Israeli citizens over the weekend, Mm -hmm. uh, you had people taking to the streets, cheering on the barbarism of Hamas in our own country. That was a chilling uh, thing to see. uh, And I don't think that that's something that we should ever think is acceptable. I admire your honesty. Okay, he's not wrong. Okay, Arab nations should ultimately take in the people, uh, you know, in Gaza. Okay, people who share their sentiments, people who share their values. Okay, yes, American 
uh, in this country as a whole was built on immigration, but it was built on people who wanted to come here and buy into the American dream. He knows what he's talking about. It wasn't built on people who didn't share our values, okay? People coming here from countries that aren't letting, you know, women speak in public, or that are lighting gay people on fire, okay? They're not going to blend into this society seamlessly, okay? This is a problem. Never mind that a lot of these areas are hotbeds for terrorism. Okay, here is DeSantis in Iowa over the weekend summing it up. Clip 24. We cannot accept people from Gaza into this country as refugees. I am not going to do that. Uh, If you look at how they behave, not all of them are Hamas, but they are all anti-Semitic. Okay, and he went on to say, this is he, he talking to Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation about this. This is clip 25. Well, first of all, uh, my position is very clear. Uh, Those Gaza refugees, Palestinian Arabs, should go to Arab countries. The U.S. should not be absorbing um, any of those. I think the culture, so they elected Hamas. Let's just be clear about that. Not everyone's a member of Hamas. Most probably aren't, but they did elect Hamas. In 2006, and then the military occupation happened after that, where they went in and haven't allowed elections since 2007. So in 2006, there was an election. I know, but there was a lot of of celebrating of those attacks um, in the Gaza Strip uh, by, by a lot of those folks who were not Hamas. Okay, and, you know, he's not wrong. Okay, right now the point is we have to be very careful about who we're letting into this country. Main reason why is we've had 7 million Americans come here under the Biden administration, okay, that we know of. We've had 1.7 million gotaways that have gotten away at the southern border that we know of. We have an all-time record level of people apprehended at our border that happen to be members of the terror watch list, okay? People who aren't supposed to be here. Understand, there's 1.7 million additional people that got away that we know of, okay? Lord only knows how many of them could have been people who actively wish to do harm in this country, okay? Right now, the current administration's border policies are letting this happen. So we already have an unknown amount, okay, of people in this country who hate this country. This idea that we should be letting more of them in is, you know, it's criminal is what it is. I mean, or as they call it in the White House, it's the current border policy. You have no idea how to defend a nation. So if DeSantis wants to get out there and take this hardline stance, okay, that's true leadership. Whether you agree with it or not, reality is in politics, your job is not to read the room and go, is this going to be popular? I don't want any trouble. No, your job is to lead the room. Trust your instincts to make the best decisions on behalf of this country. And that's exactly what DeSantis did. And that's exactly why we're just starting off the week with a little tiny fist bump for him. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. 
okay? You can slow it down with Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics Total Tea, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I don't think anybody has laid down the situation better uh, than former President George W. Bush. He spoke uh, to the LBJ Foundation. It was last Tuesday when this clip uh, was made, uh, but it just started to surface over the weekend. He was explaining how Israel's hand is forced. That is clip 15. These people have played their cards. They want to kill as many Israelis as they can, and negotiating with killers is not an option for the elected government of Israel. And so we're just going to have to remain steadfast. But it's not going to take long. For That's gone on too long. Surely there's a way to settle this through negotiations. Both sides are guilty. My view is one side is guilty, and it's not Israel. Thank you. I admire your honesty. Okay, it's not Israel. All this stuff coming out of the left is insane. Okay, it's, come on, man. One side is attacking civilians, women and children, killing babies. Okay, the other side isn't out there doing that. Okay, but you cannot negotiate. There's, we're being told right now, sadly, that Hamas has 199 hostages that we now know of. And we're also being told from Iran that Hamas is willing to release all of the hostages if Israel will stop its airstrikes in Gaza. Now, that's only interesting because why? We keep being told time and time again, Iran has nothing to do with Hamas, with Hamas's doing. Yet here is Iran articulating Hamas's strategy uh, position. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? It's a scam. I mean, that's why so many members of the Biden administration are trying to distance Iran from this conflict because they're the ones who sent Iran the money. Okay. Here is Rehan Salam. He was on This Week ABC. He's a contributor at The Atlanta, at the Atlantic, explaining that Iran is playing a huge role. Hello, clip 16. Between Hamas, Hezbollah, and Palestine Islamic Jihad, that is over a billion dollars in resources that are transferred from Iran to these entities right now. And the Israeli government has good reason right now to be circumspect. They want to be lockstep with the Biden administration for understandable reasons. Right. But I think the viewing public needs to understand that Iran is playing an absolutely essential role here. It's and I sure Hamas, hope supporting Hezbollah and threatening, I, and, and, threatening. And I sure hope the Biden administration is not just applying pressure to Israel about the humanitarian crisis, but also to Iran and these other actors. And, and he's going to need to. Now, the president did speak over the weekend. He was on 60 Minutes last night. Uh, we're going to play you some of those clips shortly, and we will even translate them into English uh, and get you the White House take on what's happening in the Middle East, because they had a message for Hezbollah 
Uh, it was very similar to a message they had for Russia in Ukraine a year ago. We'll explain it when we come back. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica, and I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And yes, the human sleep aid we call a president was on with Scott Pelley on CBS last night. A uh, bit of a softball interview, if you will. But Pelly did sneak in one line uh, that pretty much sums up this entire administration's forward-facing posture. Here's that, clip 30. As we spoke to the president, his secretary of state was in Israel. His defense secretary was at a NATO meeting on Ukraine. America's oldest president seemed tired from directing all of this. Oh, man. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. Uh Listen, it's really tough in this moment to have Biden up there, you know, if you're really trying to achieve peace through strength, because a lot of the posture he's leading with does not win the respect of our enemies. For example, okay, here is Joe Biden asked about reports that Hezbollah could get into the war on behalf of Hamas. Here is Biden's message to Hezbollah. Are you ready? It's clip five. There's limited fighting already on the northern Israeli border, and I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. That's right. All right. So, hey, Hezbollah, don't come across the border. Don't, don't, don't escalate the war. That's Biden's message. Okay, first and foremost, these people are lunatics. They don't value human life. They're beheading babies. They're not suddenly going to be like, well, you know, the old guy who walks the wrong way when he's leaving a speech said, don't. I guess we should call this whole thing off, you guys. It doesn't really work that way. But making it that much worse is the fact that Biden has given this message on the world stage before, and we've already seen it ignored in Ukraine. Okay, here is Biden speaking to Putin about tactical weapons and nuclear war clip six. And I wonder, Mr. President, what you would say to him if he is considering using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. Don't. 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 And I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. 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 Ah, oh, man. So same message for Putin. 
that he has for Hezbollah. But the thing is, when you're dealing with people who don't accept or value human life on the levels that we do, it just looks weak. Okay, and I don't want to disparage the president because we need him to have a good run right now. You know, kind of as he goes, we go. And sadly, as he has gone, he's taken the world down with him. The weakness we've shown on the world stage in places like Afghanistan is what emboldened Putin in places like Ukraine. And now, of course, what we've seen out of Hamas and Israel and certainly China encircling Taiwan. Okay, the bad guys, the bad guys are feeling confident. This is what you need to understand in baseball. We got the playoffs going on right now. Okay, our KTBB listeners probably excited. Okay, they got a big win last night out of the Rangers, beat up the Astros two to nothing. Nice shutout. Montgomery pitched good out of the gate. Uh, We'll take it if you're a Ranger fan. Hooray. Okay, but the bottom line is down in, you know, that neck of the woods. Okay, you understand that what is going on right now on the world stage, okay, to put it in baseball terms, is we have a catcher behind the plate who has a weak arm throwing the ball down to second base. Okay, if the other team knows the catcher doesn't have a strong arm, they're going to run on the catcher constantly. Okay, Biden is perceived to have a weak arm down to second. Ergo, they're stealing a lot of bases on us. Whether you're talking about Ukraine or Afghanistan or Taiwan, and certainly now in Israel, they are running all over this president. Okay, it's a really bad look, and it's a look that didn't exist in the prior administration. Okay, to Obama's credit, certainly a little bit better than Biden on the world stage, but he still sent what? $50 billion in cash assets to Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. And yes, he did allow Putin into Crimea. And didn't do a hell of a whole lot to deter it. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. When they show weakness on the world stage, when you got people who are willing to blow themselves up to make their point, you can't appease them. Okay, the only thing they understand is strength. Saying nice things, you understand, they care. Okay, or even saying they don't. They don't respect don't. Okay, the word, the, me- the verbal message of don't gets no respect from terrorists. Okay, the physical message of don't, like you show up and start mowing people down, that's a don't they respect and understand. Now, I'm not calling on US on the US to put troops on the ground. Okay, but you've got to understand if you're Biden out there and you're starting to say things like, you know, yeah, Hamas has got to go, but we got to be really careful about how we do it. We got to worry about making sure there's a path to a Palestinian state. When you're trying to have it both ways, you're showing weakness. Okay, this is not a two side situation. One side parachuted into a rave and started killing people, raping women, killing children, dragging them all through the streets. Okay, it's not another side. There's no yeah, but. Like when that goes on, you have lost your yeah, but privileges. Okay, if you want to tell me they're occupied, Okay, understand they're occupied democracy. No, no, they haven't had an election in that country. That country elected Hamas first and foremost all the way back in 2005. I don't believe they've had an election since. But the reality is if they are there in Gaza and want to revolt against Israel's military installations, on some level there is at least a respect 
for that type of an attack as it is military and tactical. But the minute you start beheading children, you have lost your rights to a yeah, but. You have lost your rights. Well, it's an occupation, you see. What does that mean? Are the babies the ones doing the occupying? The answer would be no. Okay, so you can't show that both sides, you know, issue. But here is Biden doing that on 60 Minutes. It's clip two. Do you believe that Hamas must be eliminated entirely? Yes, I do. But there needs to be a Palestinian authority. There needs to be a, a path to a Palestinian state. Okay, and listen, I think, I think the idea of having them in a separate state in theory sounds compassionate. The problem becomes they then have their own military further enhancing their capabilities. They then potentially have their own weaponry and they get more aid from us than they already do. And what do they do with that aid every single time they get it? They appropriate it towards trying to kill Israel. Okay, this is just the way it works. Have you ever squished a squeaky toy? You know, you squish a squeaky toy in front of the dog and... Okay, that's how this works. They only have one dimension in their brain. They don't want to live alongside Israel. They do not want, like, your state, my state. No, no, no. They want Israel gone, wiped off the face of the earth. Okay, giving them money, giving them state capabilities may sound like an empathetic way out of this. But as long as Israelis are alive and flourishing, the people inside this other state aren't going to be happy. Okay, and this is the part everyone misses when you start to work, you know, messages of tolerance and, you know, your ideology and all that woke coexist stuff. Everything woke turns to Okay, especially when you're dealing with terrorists who actually want to kill everybody. Getting on the TV and being like, well, you know, we got to give them a little bit of what they want. It's just, it doesn't work. It's weakness. Here is, okay, Tom Cotton saying as much on Fox News Sunday, clip eight. It's the Obama-Biden policy that has emboldened Iran now going back more than a decade, giving them hundreds of billions of dollars in sanctions relief. And I have to say the arguments from John Kirby now are so unpersuasive and so disingenuous to be offered only in bad faith. Everybody knows that Iran got $6 billion in ransom. And as you said, Shannon, that $6 billion freed up $6 billion that otherwise would have gone to other purposes. They got $10 billion of payments through Iraq that this administration approved. They got over $40 billion uh, of relief and just refusal to enforce to the max the oil sanctions on Iran. So this administration has emboldened Iran time and time again. And he's not wrong, okay? Everything they've done, everything they've done has made life easier for Iran. When Biden took office, Iran had about $4 billion worth of oil reserves. Lifting those sanctions has gotten them to $70 billion worth of oil reserves. They are loaded And it becomes a lot more easier to spend that money when you start sending them other aid, when you start sending them $6 billion for hostages, which, of course, only emboldens them to take more hostages. But here are Biden uh, Biden administration officials in reaction. I played a lot of this for you last week, denying Iran had anything to do with this war. Clip 17. In this moment, we don't have um, 
anything that uh, shows us that Iran was directly involved in this attack and in planning it or in carrying out. It's not like the Iranians were ever going to be able to get all six billion or even a billion at a time. Uh, the idea would be it would be allocated in very small chunks. So the idea that even if they had started to draw on that fund, that it would be able to fund Hamas is just not true. We don't have specific information that ties Iran to this attack. We have not seen any evidence, specific evidence, that Iran was directly involved with these specific sets of attacks. Okay, that's what they're telling you. There's no specific evidence. We don't know anything. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Because John Kirby was on Fox News Sunday with the great Shannon Bream yesterday, and she flat got out to flat flat out. She flat out. Do you speak any English? <laughs> She flat out got John Kirby to admit, yeah, of course they were involved. Of course Iran was involved. Okay, the thing everyone has been denying in the White House, no, we didn't see anything. We don't know anything over here. No, what What do you mean? Just because we sent $6 billion to the people who chant death to America, death to Israel, and then a few weeks later they attacked Israel, doesn't mean they were involved. I mean, come on, what are you talking about here? Come on, don't bullshit me. No, that's exactly what they're doing. (laughs) No, we don't know. Why would we? Why would anyone think they're involved? We haven't seen any direct link. Okay, they're speaking in such legalese. When they say they haven't seen a direct link, that that literally could mean like you know an actual link in an email where you click on this link and it takes you to footage of Iran being like that's how much semantic you know gamesmanship is played at this high of a level. But here is Kirby flat out admitting it. Clip thirteen. Does the White House need a direct link on this specific attack to hold Iran in some way accountable? Well, of course Iran is broadly complicit here. And, of course, the resourcing and training they've given to Hamas has obviously helped Hamas function and be able to conduct the terrorist attacks that they have been able to conduct. Um, we have held Iran accountable. Wait, what? <laughs> you can't handle the truth. We've held Iran accountable? Wait. <laughs> Yo, stop it. Iran has gotten so rich under this presidency, like uh, so like they've actually been forced to learn the words to the theme song from the Jeffersons because of Joe Biden. I don't know that they ever knew who George Jefferson was or Wheezy was. But after two years of Biden being in office, they're like, I got we must learn the song. Made all that money. I mean, give me a break, dude. Four billion dollars in reserves to 70 billion dollars in reserves. And they get the aid and all the money. I mean, give me a break. Okay, but understand, him admitting that, okay, raises a larger question. You can tell me, okay, well, we don't know that this direct $6 billion went towards it. Okay, but what you can't tell me is that it was smart to send them the money. Every single person in the Biden administration goes, yeah, 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 we know. We know that if you give Iran money, they're just going to attack Israel. We know. We know. However... Okay, we don't have any proof yet that this particular money was used towards that. That is balderdash and hogwash. And mm -hmm. but again and again and again. Okay, if you know there's a group of people that take every dollar they get and use it to blow up Israel in what world would it ever make sense to give them money ever again? Okay, that's the point of this. That's so absurd. Like the rest of the world thinks this is hilarious. Like how dumb are these fat Americans? 
Everybody wants to blow them up. And they just keep Venmoing them more money. It's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with Representative Ryan Zinke, also going to be speaking as well with Tommy Lahren. Uh, right now, the President of the United States uh, interviewing on 60 Minutes. Last night was asked about the idea of running again and why he'd want to do it. Here it is, clip four. Given these two wars and the dysfunction in Congress, are you sure that you want to run again? Yes, because I'm sure. Look... When I ran, I said, the world's at an inflection point. The world's changing, but we have an opportunity to make it. So imagine if we were able to succeed in getting the Middle East put in place where we have normalization of relations. I think we can do that. I don't know. Uh, We did have, in the Abraham Accords, the normalization of relations between Israel and the Arabic nations in that region. It was an effort that ultimately boxed out Iran. But when Biden took over for Trump, what did they do? They went right back to emboldening and financing and subsidizing Iran. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, Iran is the problem. Do you understand? Within this region, all of these countries want to get rich. Okay, they want to flourish. And they realize it's in their best interests long term if there is peace, ergo, they will normalize relations with Israel if it means economic stability in the region. Okay, the problem is Iran keeps sponsoring terror attacks. And those terror attacks threaten the normalization process because now some Saudi countries are stepping back from the normalization agreements with Israel if only because they don't want to be drawn into a proxy war. So you understand when Biden says, oh, we can normalize it, not the way you're doing it. Okay, if you've got a guy that wants to blow up the party, okay, every time you let the guy in past the bouncers, he tries to blow up everybody in the party. At some point, you have to stop inviting that guy. And unfortunately, the Democrats haven't gotten this message yet, and they continue to try and invite Iran. We have people in Washington that don't know what they Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And here we go with a big hour of top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. It's Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Trying to be your port in the storm. The world is literally on fire right now. Uh, we are offering you an audio-safe space for cool people. Your ideas do not have to parallel mine. You can agree. You can disagree. We just need you to be cool about the whole thing. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. That's it. Uh, but other than that, you fit in fine, man. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. Just don't be a... There it is. Back in action on a Tuesday. Uh, we are, uh, right now, as we speak, okay, awaiting 
some type of confirmation that Jim Jordan will have the votes to become the next House Speaker. Kevin McCarthy, the guy who just got thrown out, uh, did tell Fox News earlier this morning that he does believe Jordan will have the votes when he heads to the floor tomorrow. If there are any developments on that, we will update them as this broadcast continues. Uh, We're also dealing with a new report from our own Griff Jenkins uh, as it pertains to the southern border. We're being told, according to Customs and Border Patrol, uh, at least two known instances of Iranians being apprehended at the border hitting the TSDB, which is called the Terrorist Screening Database. Okay, raising red flags that they could pose a significant security threat in the first two weeks of fiscal year 24. You know when the first two weeks of fiscal year 24 are? Uh, the week between October 1st and October 14th, this past Saturday. That can't be good. So in the past two weeks, just the past two weeks, we know of at least two known instances of border agents meeting someone who actually comes up on the terrorist screening database. Not suspicious officials, not keep an eye on this guy. Terrorists, actual terrorists, okay, apprehended at our southern border. Now you say, oh, that's good. They apprehended him. Good to know that. But the bad news is it's also confirmation that they are, in fact, trying to get in through that porous border. Okay, and understand that if two got in that have been caught, you know, how many are actually out there amongst the 1.7 million people who got away? We don't even have an answer. Okay, the only thing we know right now is with war raging on the other side of the world and the concern growing for there being this disruptive element already within our country, they're not doing anything in Washington right now to fully secure the border. You have no idea how to defend a nation. No, they do not. Uh, Let me read you some of these numbers because it's crazy. Okay, in terms of special interest aliens is what they would normally call people, and that would mean they come from problem areas, hotbeds for terrorism. Okay, the data... Okay, and this is just for apprehensions. Now, apprehensions being people we've caught and ultimately, you know, cut them a stimulus check, stuck them in a hotel, handed them a cell phone, and pretty much made them promise to vote Democrat. <laughs> Sad. This is the world we live in. Uh, thousands of special interest aliens from numerous countries, including the Middle East, have been arrested by Border Patrol agents while attempting to cross the southern border illegally over the last two years. Uh, the data reflects apprehensions between ports of entry between 2021 and 2023. Shows that agents encountered 6,386 nationals from Afghanistan, 3,153 from Egypt, 659 from Iran, 538 from Syria, 13,000 from Uzbekistan, 30,000 from Turkey, 1,600 from Pakistan. Okay, and we can go on. 164 from Lebanon, 185 from Jordan, 139 from Yemen, 123 from Iraq, 15,594 from Mauritania. What are these countries all have in common? None of them are landlocked to the U.S., meaning people are coming here from across the globe, knowing they can then take the land and walk into the United States of America. Yo, imagine in a post-September 11th world. Okay, something Dana Perino said at the second event. The further we get from 9-11, the closer we become to 9-10. 
Okay, what was 9-10? It was a world where we weren't that concerned about terrorism because we could never fathom a scenario where terrorists would weaponize our own commercial jets against our civilians. But that's exactly what they did on 9-11, and that's how we were caught flat-footed and unable to defend ourselves in real time. Now, understand, the people who plot attacks against innocent civilians for years and years had found and exploited a weakness in our commercial air travel. Okay, it has now been 22 years since 9-11, 23 years since 9-11. Okay, to be clear, the people who wanted to harm us then still want to harm us now. Okay, but imagine in a post 9-11 world if we said, oh, yeah, by the way, we're just going to open the southern border and 10 million people can come in. Okay, if you would have said that, they would have been like, there's no way. They would have been like, that's a criminal act. Anyone in office is, you know, guilty of a dereliction of duty. Okay, in a 9-10 world, in a September 10th world, it might have seemed fathomable. Ah, we're letting people in. They're looking for a better life. They just want to come to this country. And Wrong. No, now we've got people coming in, tens of thousands of people from the other side of the world who actually hate us, who actually don't share our values, who are coming here because it's easier to make a better life for themselves and their families. I don't begrudge the people who want to do that. I just want them to do it legally. But the reality that there are people who want to actively harm us, okay, they're already here. Okay, when you let in that many people by percentage, they're already here. So this report I'm reading you, it really does show you just how far we've taken our eye off of the ball in this administration. Like straight up, okay, it is criminal to know we've let this many people into this country. Okay, it is criminal to know that there are members, okay, of the progressive left that want to bring in more people from Palestine, you know, more Palestinians from Gaza who don't, again, share our values. That's the funniest thing about all these pro, you know, Palestinian protests. Every one of these college campuses where, you know, you get the LGBTQ parade, ah, we got a justice for Palestine. I'm like, dude, Palestine does not recognize your right to exist. Again, Gays for Palestine is like chickens for KFC. Okay, you're welcome to support them, but don't think for a second they have your best interests at heart. I promise. Okay, but that's where we find ourselves now. We have stupid, progressive people wanting to be tolerant and inclusive and let everybody in. No human being is illegal. Yeah, but some human beings are bad. And the reason you secure your border is because you don't want that bad element coming into your country. Do you realize right now, when you look over at Israel and you look at the civilians trying to get out of Gaza, okay, Hamas is encouraging them to stay. Why? They want the highest number of human casualties possible because they leverage that against Israel. Look at Israel. They're killing civilians. Yeah, of course they are. You're putting all your weapons in hospitals. You put them in schools. You put them in densely populated areas. So in order for Israel to attack Hamas, they have to kill civilians in the process. Now, yes, they give warnings ahead of time. Yes, they encourage people to seek cover. Yes, they encourage people to leave the country. But Hamas is blocking people at some of these exits. And then there's just the reality that other countries don't want them. They don't want them there. They don't want the disruptive element coming into their country. Okay, Lebanon not dying to take in refugees from Gaza because they know how many of them are, in fact, pro-Hamas. Okay, is Egypt looking to let any of these people into their country? The answer would be no. No, it's a disruptive element. 
And it doesn't mean we don't have empathy for the people in there that generally want to make a better life. But by percentage, at a time when there's so many people actively trying to cause harm to other civilians, there's no world where you can take an unvetted group of people and say, yeah, it's coming to the country. Okay, DeSantis has been speaking about this. He's consistently taking this position, and I want to give him credit. Okay, I did so at the top of the show today. I will continue to do so for any Republican, any Democrat who gets out there and voices an America first strategy when it comes to this situation, because we've already been put in enough danger by this administration. Yo, again, think about post September 11th. Imagine where they literally wasn't a plane in the sky. And now they were now putting in all of these enhanced security measures in airports. Okay, people were freaked out about gathering in large groups. Imagine if you said to that world, yeah, by the way, we're just going to let 10 million people cross the border. Some of them will be terrorists. Okay, you would have lost your mind. There's no way we would have accepted that. But we got to this position in our politics because we started to brand border security as an act of racism. Well, Trump's just anti-Mexican. That's what they said, even though both political parties had previously voted for border wall security. They did it under George W. Bush. They did it under Barack Obama. But when Trump was like, hey, we got to build a wall, they were like, that's racist. We should be building bridges and not walls. Democrats are so full of crap. And because it became a pretend game, it was pretend. Okay, they pretended they themselves were against border wall. We shouldn't have such a thing. Why would you ever do that? Okay, it became a political liability to say you wanted to secure the border. Now, to Trump's credit, he continued to go along with it. But the minute he left office, what did Biden do? They suspended border wall construction. Okay, they started paying more money not to build the wall than it would have cost to build it. And they sent a message to people who were coming to this country illegally that if, in fact, they were apprehended, they were going to get let into the country. Okay, which is not a message of don't come. Okay, it's complete opposite. Okay, if we don't deport people who come here, if 99.9% of the people apprehended at the border are let in, then the only thing they're going to say when they call back home is not, hey, you better wait this one out. They say, no, no, we're getting in. It was amazing. We made it. But when it comes to the part of the world where they're actively trying to harm us, okay, actively trying to harm us, the reason you can't get refugees from Gaza, put them on a flight and stick them in America, is we've already taken in enough refugees from countries that want to harm us. The active hotbeds for terror around the globe, okay, have sent us tens of thousands of people, according to the CBP data, since Biden took office. Okay, so you understand when you're looking at the situation, it's just it's the border. I say this all the time. It's the front door of the house, front door of the house. You always want to be mindful of who's coming into the house and who's leaving the house. Why? Not because you're racist, but because you care about the people who live inside that home and you want to keep a tab on letting good people in and bad people in and everything in between. It doesn't mean anyone who comes to your door is bad. It's not a, you know, a broad characterization of immigrants is evil. But there's a reality right now that we've sent a message to the world that anybody who wants to get into our country pretty much can. And when you've got a quarter of the world out there that wants to wipe us off the face of the earth, it's not a really good strategy to just go full prices right and be like, come on down. Okay, but that's exactly what we're doing. We are in come on down mode at a time when we should be doing anything but because of the potential for disaster in this country. Okay, that's just reality, man. People want to blow you up. You probably not good policy to let them in. Okay, that's it. It doesn't make you, you know, 
heavy-hearted. It doesn't make you dangerous. doesn't make you terrible. Okay? So you realize if you're just looking to put the country's safety first, which we're not getting allowed of out of this administration, okay, then you realize guys like DeSantis who are willing to take a stand, okay, are actually looking out for you and me in ways that most of Washington is not right now. The progressive left, the people in the AOC wing. AOC is a dope. Fine, but her and everybody who happens to support her is like, no human beings, illegal. Let them all into the country. Come on, this is about a humanitarian... Would you shut up? Okay, they're idiots. Okay, I'm just telling you. The last thing we're doing as a country now is taking safety advice from people who wanted to defund the police. Okay, you can't do it. Look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying you need to take Senator Kennedy's advice, but when it comes to immigration policy and keeping the country safe, the last person you need to call are these idiots on the left who wanted to defund the police. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Big Monday on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. If you want a piece of the action... We're going to be talking to Ryan Zinke, former Secretary of the Interior. He's a Montana congressman. Uh, Tommy Laren is going to be here as well. Uh, we'll also get some of your calls, texts, tweets, and carrier pigeons. Right now, here's one more Biden clip, and this is Biden going out of his way to say, no evidence Iran was involved. Clip three. Is Iran behind the Gaza war? I don't want to get into classified information, but to be very blunt with you, there is no clear evidence of that. At this point, no evidence that Iran is behind any of this. Correct. Now, Iran constantly supports Hamas and Hezbollah. I don't mean that. But in terms of were they, did they have foreknowledge? Did they help plan the attack? There's there's no evidence of that at this point. Oh, man, that's so stupid. That is a lie. Okay, come on, man. There's no evidence at this point. I mean, now, don't get me wrong. Iran constantly supports Hamas and Hezbollah. I don't mean that. If you don't mean that again and again and again, why are you sending the money? You understand? Nah, they, you know, no doubt that all they ever do is support the people that are trying to blow up Israel. But, uh, you know, we sent the money. In my opinion, that sucked. It's so dumb. But why is he saying there's no evidence? They know there's evidence. Okay. It's because he doesn't want, he's more concerned in this moment about the political cost of being partly responsible for subsidizing what's going on. They don't want the blowback. But you see, enemies see that as weakness. They go, oh, there's a guy making a political calculation. Biden would have so much more credibility as a leader. And any, any president going forward, this is so rare in the age of, you know, endless media. Okay. If you own, if you own mistakes, it will give you more credibility as a leader than if you get out there and try to sell us defeats as successes. Like in the post-Afghanistan world, okay, they should have fired some generals, created some separation between the president and the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, 
But instead, they were like, well, we're going to get hammered short term in the media. So let's just get out there and let's just tell them that it was successful. That's no, no. Yeah, no, we'll tell them it was successful. And they're like, wait, are you crazy? When they were people were clinging onto the wheels of jumbo jets trying to leave Afghanistan. People were throwing babies over barbed wire fences. We're going to tell them that that was a success. And that's exactly what they did. But Biden, who went into that month, okay, of August, above water in the polls, has never recovered because people watched it with their own two eyes. You know, that's just reality. When you sit here right now, knowing that we gave $6 billion, okay, in ransom to Iran, you realize that on some level you could make the argument, well, they didn't spend that money. Okay, but you realize Okay, you have a checking account and a savings account. If somebody dumps $6 billion into your savings account, you're probably going to be a little bit looser with what you're doing in your checking account. That's true. That is true. But bigger than all of that is the message. Okay, we are appeasing a regime that wants to wipe one of our allies off the face of the planet, which by and large is not a very good policy to get into is the point I'm trying to make. We'll discuss it with Representative Ryan Zinke from the great state of Montana when we come back right here on the big bad one and only high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together. We're bringing in some high-powered backup now. He's a superstar representative from the 1st Congressional District of Montana. We are talking about Congressman Ryan Zinke in the House. Hey, man, how are you? Yeah, you know, it's, it, I'm in D.C., and here we go again. <laughs> you know, round three of a speaker battle that should never have happened. Oh, uh, But we're here. You're here. Uh, it is. I've said this before. You guys, it's a missed opportunity because it's on C-SPAN, but it should be on Bravo with the Real Housewives episodes. Well, and, and, here, and here's a lay down. You, you have, you know, Speaker McCarthy, uh, and, and his, his high tide was about 10, about 212 votes. We saw that on the motion to vacate. And then Steve Scalise, fine man, fine conservative, great guy. You know, he gets probably in the nine and you know one nineties. That's you know relatively uh, high B. And now you have Jim Jordan, you know, first and second round, and Jim Jordan, uh, you know, is looking at somewhere between 150 and maybe 180 votes. Uh, but at this point in time, Jesus can't make it through. And then then you got to you know look at you know why. And I'll, I'll say it goes back to rules. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when rules become preferences. Uh, then there's no rules at all. Yeah. And in the House, you know, everyone's vote. And, and I and there's a fine gentleman, Bishop from North Carolina, who said that, you know, no one, your vote belongs to your conscious and your constituents. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But also, you know, it's consequence of a vote. So if if rules in the House aren't aren't really rules, it's kind of like running down a sidelines, right? You bounds. He's out of bounds. Sorry, there's no rules. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you know, we, we've gone through three eminently qualified, you know, finest leaders of America. And if we can't find if one of those doesn't appeal to, to the, you know, the body of the of the Republicans, we got to reset on how we select, because because at this at this rate, 
you know, America's thirsting for leadership. We got to get on with appropriations in our job. This is the distraction. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild to watch this play out for as long as it has. Uh, we're talking to Representative Ryan Zinke from the great state of Montana. Uh, are you confident that we might have a resolution by tomorrow? I heard McCarthy say earlier he thinks Jordan will have the votes, but I don't know if he was being facetious. Well, you know, here, you know, on the first and second round, I hope he does. I, I, I support Jordan and up front, you know, I supported, you know, the when 94% of the caucus gets together and says, this is the direction. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with it. And in Montana, you circle the wagons and shoot out. You don't shoot in. Yeah. We can argue vehemently about shooting in, but there's also, you know, you can't, you can't complain about the bus being late if you're the one shooting at all the time. Well, this that. So, you know, you know, all this appropriations process, this just delays what we should be doing. And then, you know, Jim, I can tell you, you can't stay your for border security when you vote against it. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me you're for defense when you vote against that, too. You can't tell me for anything if you vote against everything. So this is I, I hope we keep it in the family and I mean the Republican Party. I hope they can I hope all of this can coalesce. I'm 100 percent behind Jim Jordan. You know, I, I hope other members uh, see it. But but again, uh, if we if we can't settle on what I think one of the three top leaders in America in the House, then we can't settle on anything. Good goodness. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch when you talk about border security. um you know, are you, are you kind of fascinated by the dereliction of duty out of this White House in that they really haven't made it a priority at a time when we know there are so many bad actors that are potentially trying to get into the country? You know, I think the number one priority in this country is our border, and, and this is why. You know, uh, we, we're in peril over in Ukraine. We don't have a plan in China. We're, we're now in the Middle East is on fire and our, and our allies under siege. And by the United States Navy is going to be out there tomorrow, and they're going to be out there six months from now. But our border, we don't have a border. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and most Americans, we don't see Ukraine. We hear about Israel, but we see the border. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in Billings, Montana, Kalispell, or Cleveland, mm-hmm. you see the border. We see the border everywhere, and we've got to control our border. And now, you know, you look what's happening over with either Hezbollah or Hamas. we got a over 185, you know, found terrorists that are on the list. Who knows how many? You know, we got problems here, and I, I think I think the border is number one. And you know, the House did our job, and we passed a appropriations bill, by the way, that built the wall. And people asked me what that bill looked like. I said, look, it's about 32 feet high and about a thousand miles long. <laughs> It was a great bill. It empowered the Border Patrol to do their job. It empowered ICE to go out and do their job, follow the law, secure the border. Uh, but if you look, if you don't vote for that bill, uh, you know, I, I, I think I think you're you're well, well, I think you're nuts. So you can't tell me you're for the border if you vote against it. You know, in the speaker race, I think this is what happens when you know the body doesn't have rules. And look, as a SEAL, you know, I had rules, rules of engagement. As a football player, I played for the Ducks. Tough game over the weekend, by the way. <laughs> uh, tough game, but, yeah. but the Huskies are tough. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, what happened was, you know, he had rules. But now in the House, you know, if you vote against a rule, what you're voting against the caucus, and and maybe you should be taken off committees, and, and you can explain to your constituents why 
you're not getting a bill across, why you don't have amendments, why you're voting with Nancy Pelosi and AOC. You know, to, you know, and, and, and explain to your constituents why you're voting with the Democrats. But I, I think, you know, you in, in the House, honor tradition, we need rules in the House. And I think that would that would solve a lot of the mischief that's going on. I will uh, I will drink to that. Uh, not that there's any shortage of things to drink to in this day and age, but we will add that to the docket. Uh, Representative Ryan Zinke, we appreciate your time today, man. Keep playing good ball out there, okay? Hey, and follow us on RyanZinke.com. And look, I haven't seen any problem that's not fixable. Yeah. Uh, and so, but it, but it takes courage, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It takes courage to go up the hill. It takes courage to ask the right questions. It takes courage uh, to, to charge up the hill under fire. And these issues can be all addressed, but it takes courage to ask the right questions and courage to follow through. For sure. All right. Thanks for your time, man. We appreciate you. Well said. God bless. You too, my man. There he goes. Representative Ryan Zinke says the Republicans got to get their act together and choose a speaker. Uh, I think most people would agree with that. Uh, it is a mess. Okay, McCarthy said earlier that Jordan has the votes to go to the floor tomorrow. But as Zinke was saying, you know, there really hasn't been a clear explanation of what the problem was. You know, like Gates hated McCarthy and the Democrats wanted to throw the House into turmoil. So understand the Democrats at the behest of Nancy Pelosi were like, yeah, let's help this Gates character blow up the House of Representatives. And they did that. Okay, it did require uh, eight Republicans to defect as well. But now as we try to move forward with Jordan as speaker, Scalise has already bowed out after failing to get the votes. Now you've got the reality that Jordan is trying to wrap this thing up. There is some debate over whether or not he will have the votes when he goes to the floor tomorrow. But at some point, uh, when it comes to appropriations and everything the House needs to get done with the power of the purse, uh, you can only be sitting here filming a Real Housewives episode for so long before people start to take notice. You know, in the face of the war that's going on and everything that's happening to distract from the food fight that has ensued, uh, the Republicans may very well be benefiting because the nation does not have its eyes on this chaos. They're mindful of it. Uh, But, you know, Zinke's not wrong when he says that a lot of the people holding out aren't necessarily explaining why they're holding out. They're just holding out. Like a lot of people who, you know, wouldn't vote for Scalise, okay, may or may not vote for Jordan, but we're not really getting that explanation as to what's changing things other than, you know, what you'd assume to be the explanation, which is guys sit down behind closed doors and go, how would you like a new water park in your district? We could cut a check for that right now. And that's usually how Washington works. I think what's holding up guys like Scalise and Jordan for real is that they're real conservatives and they're not trying to sell out the country in order to get the position they want. Like for whatever you say about McCarthy, McCarthy maybe is not conservative enough. Maybe he was too close to the status quo. And believe me, I had my issues with McCarthy. But if he wanted to save his speakership, he could have when he realized they were going to put it to a floor vote on whether or, you know, whether or not to issue that vote of no confidence and recall him. He could have absolutely went behind closed doors and picked off four or five Democrats by saying, hey, let's make a deal. Here's a bunch of money for your district. Come vote for me in exchange. You will get, you know, as the guy holding the power of the purse, you'll get whatever the hell you want to spend in your district. This is politics as usual. Okay, McCarthy did show some principles in refusing to do that. 
just the same as Scalise didn't ultimately get the votes because he didn't go behind closed doors and go, yeah, I'll sell out, you know, whatever I got to sell out. I just want the position. And now, you know, the fact that it's taking Jordan maybe a little bit longer than people would expect with a Trump endorsement and everything in between is also a testament to the fact that he's not behind closed doors right now trying to woo Democrats by spending the country further into oblivion. So there's one end of this that says, wow, this is chaotic and a real mess for the Republicans. But there's this other reality that they are at least demonstrating some principle in the process because we don't have a lot of that in Washington right now. We just usually have like, hey, how much money do you want? Okay, I just want to get more power out of this. So how much money can I give you? Or it goes the other way. Hey, how much do you want the government's policies to reflect favorably on the industry you're lobbying me on behalf of? Okay, I just really like fine wine and fancy steak dinners for free. So uh, I'm going to do what this lobbyist tells me to do. There's very few people uh, in Washington right now that are looking out for the country. But if the speaker race is taking longer than usual because the Republicans who want the gig aren't willing to sell out the country in order to get it, then at the very least, you have to applaud some of this chaos. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. Tommy Laren coming up in the next break. We will continue to analyze the situation in Washington, the escalating conflict over in Israel. So some some reporting out today. This is a funny one that 2%, just 2% of Americans are planning to take the new COVID vaccine. If you ask me, that number actually sounds high. Okay, if only because it's not a vaccine. That's true. That is true. Guys, a vaccine stops you from getting the thing you've been vaccinated against. I don't mean to go off on a tangent. We've got other things to cover in this moment. But, you know, if it crosses my mind as I'm sitting here during the commercial break reading news and I see reports like this, you know, it takes me back to that thing that I'm always trying to create on this show, which is common cause. Okay, common cause. We were all lied to by the government. When it comes to the vaccine and its ability to block transmission, people were fired from their jobs if they didn't agree with the government narrative. But when the government narrative changed from you can't get COVID to, oh, a little less than your symptoms, okay, we should have all been mad at the government. Instead, we just kept on fighting each other because it's become the new way of doing life in this country. What the hell is the world coming to? I'm telling you, the best thing about being me, best thing. Okay, when it comes to, you know, my career and being on the radio, being on TV, is I am absolutely going so far out of my way to try to cater to people who don't necessarily agree with me. I love the idea that I'm at Fox and there are people that get mad at Fox and they'll like hate listen to the show just because they see Fox. Then they get stuck listening to me and they don't know what to do because I'm not mad at you if you disagree with me. So you're like, Because so many people these days throw on the TV or the radio looking for hate, looking for bile, looking for conflict. But I'm like one of the few people who gets it. I Listen to me. If you're a Democrat, you're liberal listening, I, I think your ideas are horrible, like so bad. 
Like Toons is the driving cat. You know that old Saturday Night Live sketch where they keep giving this cat the car keys and it keeps driving them off a cliff? Okay, I, every Democrat idea to me right now, if it's the border, if it's, you know, letting underage kids get gender reassignment surgery, you know, the men can have babies thing, if it's the vaccine, okay, if it's anything to do with the runaway spending we have in Washington right now or climate change, to me, it's all Tunes the driving cat, okay? But I still want to be your friend. I don't want you to feel like an enemy. I don't want you to feel like we can't talk across party lines because that's what's making the country worse. What people keep forgetting is that the folks in Washington work for us and they're failing us. They're not failing me as a Republican. Okay, they're not failing you. as They're failing both of us. So the point is we need to be madder at them than we are at each other. Okay, that's the reality of this moment we find ourselves in. So I love being on the radio, encouraging disagreement. I don't need you to agree. You can be like, he's nuts. Guy went to community college. What does he know? He's a slob. Did you see how much he ate after he filmed the stand-up special? It was crazy. And I ate everything, by the way. I mean everything. If you were wondering, like, hey, Jimmy, are you going to eat after this? We know you was on a diet and stuff like that. Okay, forget about it. The things that went on in the last 72 hours, my gosh, violated the Geneva Convention in terms of the mass force feeding that went into my life in the last 72 hours. It's kind of back to normal now, okay? But the reality is, okay, I am very human. And I get on the air, and I'm trying to remind you all of common cause. We've lost a lot of it in this country. Common cause was like, you know, the pandemic was common cause. Whether you were Republican or Democrat, the virus was just going to be an issue, okay? The way the government lied to us was common cause, whether you were Republican or a Democrat. You know, September 11th was common cause, Okay, we didn't run into the World Trade Center asking people how they voted before we decided whether or not to rescue them. This was a moment where sheer humanity was under attack. Okay, and we're in that same position now. There is real common cause if you're a decent person when it comes to what's going on in Israel, when it comes to what's going on at the border, because ultimately the consequences will affect every one of us. So I try to get on the radio and be a port in the storm for that reason alone. Okay, that's the kind of that's kind of the hook of the show. And most people are looking for conflict. But I'm telling you, it's really screwing us up when you see them pushing more vaccines. Yo, again, I'm not a scientist. I know. Listen, you've heard me say this. The only medical professionals I know are, you know, Dr. Dre and Dr. Pepper. And here's a newsflash. Neither of them come with a degree. Okay, they're like Jill Biden. They don't have medical degrees, despite what Whoopi Goldberg might tell you on The View. Do you remember that clip? Dr. Jill becomes a surgeon general. His wife. (laughs) Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, he would never do it. But she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I she's a doctor like, and PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I, don't oh, I could be wrong. Maybe I thought she was yeah, a teacher. Yeah, I think she's, I she's, she's oh. a teacher, but. <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> I think Jill Biden should become the Surgeon General because she's an excellent doctor. Not even close. She's not a doctor. Okay, but that's the point. So much of what's happening right now is just weapons grade stupid. And so I'm trying to get people like my show, if you watch me on tour doing stand up, it's not a call to arms. okay? it's a call to chill out. 
got to chill out and make better collective decisions as a country. Yes, I believe in conservative principles. Yes, I believe they're the right side of this. But I'm still willing to hear from coexist and not shout down the people on the left who espouse their own ideology, even if the last three years has shown us that you've been about as effective as Toonsis the driving cat. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom, there it is. Here we go. Hour number three of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Fired up in this hour, we're going to be talking to Tommy Laren. She is a superstar Multimedia sensation here at Fox News. The host of Tommy Laren is fearless on OutKick. Uh, and someone who has had a couple of words to say uh, about my wardrobe right here on our Fox Airwaves. Tommy and I are in a bit of a standoff right now. You know, I have Katie Pavlich, who's my biggest benefactor in the fashion industry. She's the general in the fail of fashion army, brilliant gal in her own right. Tommy Laren comes by from time to time and tries to take some shots at my wardrobe. Get her out. Get her out of here. No, no, we're going to invite her in because that's the kind of show this is. You don't have to agree. You don't have to agree politically. You don't have to agree aesthetically. Uh, none of it. Everyone is welcome. It's a safe space for cool people. Uh, you could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. We don't care. You could identify as a horse. Okay? Just all we ever ask, don't be a As we get underway for a big hour. Uh, I'm peppy right now. I, I survived the taping of my one-hour stand-up special this past Friday at the Paramount. If you came out, it was amazing. Thank you. I owe you big. It was an unforgettable night uh, for myself and my, f- my, my family and my friends and my fans, and it was just so cool. I had people I went to high school with that I hadn't seen in 20 years plastered in the crowd because Long Island. <laughs> you know, my fourth-grade school teacher, Norma Germano, in the house. She was sitting front row center. With her kid Rob and her husband Bob and see Dana Perino out there in the crowd and the great Brian Kilmeade. It was fun. Emily Campagno, you know, some of the you know people you'd recognize from the TV and all the people who make the magic happen here behind the scenes well represented. Okay, we had a great all-around night, and uh, it was something I was really, really looking forward to. Uh, But it was one of the rare moments in your career that exceed your own personal hype, meaning I'm like, wow, it's going to be really cool. But it was cooler than that. You know, to sit there and just drink it all in in real time. It was so much fun, and uh, I'm so profoundly thankful. So if you were a part of that, boom, uh, you're the best. If you want to see me on the road, okay, uh, the dates that are coming up uh, really quickly, and then we got some work to do in this hour. We've got like a, we've got adulting to do on the radio in this hour, unfortunately. Uh, but really quickly, uh, Kennedy and I, the last stop of the Laughs and Liberty Tour, We'll be at the Stanley Theater in Utica, uh, hanging out with our WIBX uh, crew, uh, Bill Keeler and Davey and everybody else over at IBX, Jeff Manaski. We'll be at the Stanley Theater on Saturday night, November the 11th, if you want a piece of that action. Following weekend, uh, I will be at the Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida. Okay, that is Friday night the 17th, Saturday night the 18th. Uh, in Naples, Florida. And if you want to see me in Nashville that week, I will be appearing at the Patriot Awards uh, on the 16th of November. 
uh, from there. We're heading out back out to Carson City, Nevada, Saturday night, December the 2nd. I will be at the Nugget in Carson City if you want a piece of that action. Uh, if you're listening on KKFT, if you're listening on KSUE, I will be appearing on their morning show tomorrow to promote it. Uh, get out to the Nugget. It is December the 2nd. It is a Saturday night. Uh, I will be in Texas the following weekend with Lincoln and my brother watching the Cowboys. And then we're heading down the West Palm Beach, Florida. Hey, girl. Uh, we will be at the Palm Beach Kennel Club hanging out with Sully and the crew Saturday night, December the 16th. So you got a lot of opportunities to see me on the road between now and the end of the year. If you can't make those gigs, uh, you will watch my stand-up special on Fox Nation in January. And it is going to be a banger, girlfriend. So buckle up. But right now, uh, we do have bills to pay. we got to do some adulting. We've got to do some radio. So we roll on. Okay, Ilhan Omar is a straight-up circus clown. Okay, you've heard a lot of members of the squad chastised in the past week since the Hamas attacks on Israeli civilians. Okay, of course, Rashida Tlaib famously posting a Palestinian flag outside of her office in the Capitol right across from her own LGBTQ flag. Now, here's the problem. Those two things can't exist together. (laughs) The people of Palestine do not recognize the rights of the LGBTQ community. So if you're holding up one flag next to the other like they're a team... Are you stupid or something? The answer is probably. Okay, but the fact remains... People in the liberal uh, establishment, and many members of the progressive wing of the party, have expressed pro-Palestinian sentiments, outright refused to condemn the attacks on Israeli civilians, women, and children. Okay, but then comes the reality that in an effort, okay, to slander Israel and make their positions maybe more tolerable, maybe more understandable, Ilhan Omar over the weekend— Okay, a weekend that began with AOC, to her credit, tweeting the following. The level of misinformation in all directions at this moment is incredibly high, especially on this platform, meaning Twitter. If you see a claim, photo or video that triggers a strong emotional reaction, take a moment to pause and check for veracity or confirmation from multiple sources. So that is a call to reason coming from AOC. AOC is a dope. Fine. But at the very least, it is a call to reason and restraint. Okay, so AOC says, you know, double check your sources before you post something online is true. Now, to be clear, AOC has misrepresented everything. Okay, this is a woman who went down to the southern border and once cried alongside a chain link fence because she was concerned about the separation of families at the border. Okay, lo and behold, the number of families separated at the border is over 200 times as large under Biden as it is under Trump. And she hasn't gone out and denounced it once. What a fraud. Okay, but again, she's a clown. But Ilhan Omar happens to be in the center of the three rings right now. Okay, so Ilhan Omar, uh, Minnesota congressman who famously wanted to defund the police. No more cops is what she said. I mean, my goodness. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. It really is. But stick with me. Okay, Ilan Omar retweeting a claim about the deaths of children in Gaza with the headline, Child Genocide in Palestine. So understand, Ilhan Omar retweets a photo, okay, labeled Child Genocide in Palestine to show you the children Israel happens to be killing. That's the claim being made here. The only problem in this instance is the photo she used 
was from 2013 in Syria. That was embarrassing. So Ilhan Omar trying to blame Israel for killing children goes out on Twitter to millions of followers and tweets a photo from 2013 in Syria in an attempt to slander Israel. Do you get that what's going on with these people here, okay, is they are actively trying to create anti-Israel sentiments. They are anti-Semitic, okay? There are people in the Democratic Party that just flat out hate Jews. That's who they hate them. Okay, and this is the biggest problem with a two-state solution in Palestine. There are people who don't recognize the Jewish community's right to exist. Okay, you can't have that neighbor, okay, who doesn't respect your right to exist. Okay, if they're going to become a state with their own enhanced military capabilities. But there are members of the Democratic Party that are openly committed you know, to establishing exactly that precedent. And along the way, they are willing to slander the Israeli people and misrepresent their actions in war if it means creating enough public sentiment for them to get their way. But this is what you have to realize again and again and again. We have something on the show. It's called Permanent Audio, where we play old clips, clips of things politicians said two months ago or six months ago or eight months ago, because we want you to remind you of what they're capable of in moments like this. Ilhan Omar and the Democrats were the ones who wanted to defund the police. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Whoa, 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 whoa. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. That was Ilhan Omar, the second one. I just cut it off. Why only? Not only do we need to defund, we need to dismantle and start anew. That was a woman who said, no more cops. We get rid of them. We start over. That was the plan. You're an idiot. Okay, straight up. But that's who they are. Okay, and you understand, these are stupid people. There should be a level of stupidity that's disqualifying. Okay, we're not there. Okay, but we, in terms of having that legislation in place, but we've definitely seen things that would meet that threshold. Saying you support the defunding of police, okay, is so stupid you are a threat to yourself and others. And we can't ever distance ourselves from a world where people were openly advocating for such a thing because these are people who are so consumed with getting their way. They're willing to inflict any type of casualty on society because the ends justify the means. Okay, that's why they want us taking in migrants from Gaza right now. But you have to understand, and this is reality, and this is a sad reality. If you look out at a place like London right now, where they've literally got 100,000 people in the streets outside a mosque yesterday chanting death to Israel. That's the end result of mass migration. You take all of these people into your country who hate your country and your values. It represents a better way of life for them and their families, so they'll go and have it both ways. They'll take that better life. But along the way, they'll never, never assimilate to any of your values. Okay, they'll never embrace any of your principles or the policies that have made the country Okay, as prosperous as it is for people like them, but they will sit there in massive numbers and wish harm on you and your allies. And that's the end result of mass migration, where you just let anybody in. 
Okay, yes, this is a country built on immigration, but it's a country that was very careful about who it let in. People didn't just walk across the border, 5 million, 2 million, 3 million, 8 million, 1.7 million gotaways. No. People came over on boats and went to Ellis Island and got processed and saw the Statue of Liberty and wept because they had made it to America where the streets are paved with gold. That was what we were told. Okay, now America is just, you know, paved with IOUs, okay, because we borrow every dollar that we spend in this country. But the fact remains, even though our resources are strapped to the extent that they are, we're still letting in people from all over the world. And a great deal of them don't actually like us let alone our enemies. So the Ilan Omars of the world, the people who are actually calling, okay, for more migration from Palestine, they are an actual threat to the well-being of this country because they're too stupid to know better. And on the off chance that they're smart enough to know better, but they're doing it anyway, that means they're just plain evil, okay? Ilan Omar, okay, accused Israel over the weekend of ethnic cleansing, for ordering evacuations of civilians in areas of Gaza, where the IDF will soon begin significant military operations. Now, do you understand? She's saying, get out of there. Before we attack, get out of there. She calls that ethnic cleansing. That is totally absurd. Never mind. Okay, think of the two sides here. Did Hamas give anybody that was a civilian in Israel a heads up before they parachuted in and started killing everybody in sight? No, Israel is going after terrorists, telling civilians to get out of the way. Okay, that is what they're doing. Ilhan Omar is saying that's ethnic cleansing. This is absolutely gross. No, you don't listen to me. If you're willing to behead babies, if you're willing to kill families, entire families, light them on fire, parachute into a rave, kill everybody in sight. If you don't kill them, it's because you raped them and then killed them and then took a cell phone video on their phone and sent it to their family. Guys, I don't like to say it. That's what's going on right now. Okay? I don't care what your ethnicity is. If that's what you're willing and capable of being. Okay, you are less than a person to me. We don't owe you that. But to try to reduce this to, oh, it's ethnic cleanse, some type of posturing, ethnic cleansing is exactly what they're trying to do to the Israelis right now. And anyone standing up for them, okay, the other side of this, well, yeah, but, well, you got to understand, you know, there's not, no, there's not, okay? There's two sides of this. There's the people of Israel, and then there's the people in Hamas who are actual garbage, And sadly, a lot of their supporters happen to work in our Congress right now. But I'm telling you, it's disgusting. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. We don't have a new House speaker yet. We're being told we could have one as soon as tomorrow. Uh, Unfortunately, no immediate plans to get us a new president, Uh, although the current one was on 60 Minutes last night. I don't remember that ever happening. Uh, But it did. Okay, and here is the president. It's the one clip I wanted to play you. 
because I, I find all of this so fascinating, okay? Right now, on the world stage, the only thing, the only thing anybody respects is strength. When they don't share your values, okay, nobody has pronouns in Iran, okay? They don't have them, okay? They're not worried about climate change. None of that stuff is going on. They're not reading sex books to kindergarten kids like we're doing in liberal cities in this country. Seriously. Okay, they're not doing that. Okay, none of that is going on, okay, in other parts of the world. So you cannot, like, bond with them. You can't find, like, common value with people who don't respect the life of women and children and babies and everything in between. But they do respect force. Okay, the problem is right now we don't have a guy projecting force. We have a guy saying the same thing, same thing to Hezbollah that he said to Russia. Okay, and Russia didn't really listen to him when he said don't. Okay, they did. Okay, here he is. This is the message to Hezbollah, clip five. There's limited fighting already on the northern Israeli border, and I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. That's right. I mean, listen, okay, we don't want them to. We certainly agree with the sentiments that they should not. But does Hezbollah just go, well, old doddering man who goes the wrong way when he's leaving a speech says don't, so I guess we'll sit this one out. The answer would be no. No, they don't. They, you don't this is the point you got to understand. Okay, they don't care. This is not a side that you're dealing with that can be reasoned with because they're willing to kill themselves, let alone any other person in their paths to get the end result of exterminating Israel from this earth. Ergo, the only choice we have is to exterminate them. That's where we find ourselves, the sad reality of our times. Okay, the reason they dropped the atomic bomb at the end of World War II is they realized the cost of not doing so would be greater, given the amount of people that they were willing to mobilize on the other side, including civilians. Okay, and the death toll would have been that much higher. Okay, as horrific and as, you know, mind blowingly awful as the end result of an atomic bomb was, there was a number out there that was bigger than the one we realized. Okay, and we're dealing with a people now, okay, that if faced with appeasement over the course of time is going to drive the number of casualties far beyond. Anything that might happen to them in the short term if we just go in and wipe them all out. So right now, more than ever, it is a time for force. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you're out at the Paramount this Friday night... You see about a thousand screaming lunatics, chugging beers, laughing at jokes. Uh, this next guest, not there, uh, because I explicitly informed security not to let her in. Uh, but she's always welcome to call in <laughs> from a safe distance. The host of Tommy Laren is fearless. The great Tommy Laren returns to the show. Hey, hey, hey. 
you know, I'm sad that I couldn't be there, even though you did work to actively keep me out. <laughs> but again, I'm, I wish I could have been there because I know that you absolutely killed it. And it's so many uh, of our fellow Fox Patriots there to watch you. So congratulations to you, Jimmy, mm. even though I still hate you. <laughs> Tommy Laren is on the show. We have booked her again. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It is not stupid. She's a good girl. We love Tommy. Uh, but no, Tommy, you know, my biggest concern would have been because uh, hecklers, that's the best thing that can happen to you as a comic because you're kind of prepared and they're not. So even if they have something good to say, the longer the conversation goes on, the better it turns in your favor. My bigger concern with you would have been my wardrobe because you have emerged as a bit of a fashion critic of the great Jimmy Fallon. Well, hey, listen, I don't know if a critic as much as an observer, because for people that don't know, the last time that I saw you, Um, I saw you on Thursday night wearing a green bomber jacket. And then I saw you on Friday morning wearing said same bomber jacket to do Kilmeade Radio. I don't know if this is a reflection of how you feel about Brian Kilmeade, but you did repeat that outfit. And I just had to let you know my observation. Dude, it it wasn't an outfit. It was a jacket that I commuted in, like your overcoat. You know what I'm saying? Do you literally wear a different overcoat 365 days of the year? It's a specific look, right? So it was a specific style choice that you repeated. So, you know, at least I'm paying attention, right? Oh, you're the best, Tommy. I just listen. We can agree to disagree on this one. And by the way, I just received word that we are not moderating the third GOP presidential debate either because it's going to be on NBC. I know. They went and handed it to NBC, and I am not unconvinced that it's because they thought you were going to wear that jacket again. So now NBC has got it. And we could have gone to Miami, Jimmy, of all the places. Miami. Milwaukee, California. We could have done Miami. We could have been doing this right. Well, no, I, I, I blame you. I think it was the attacks because this is what happened, okay? <laughs> These primary debates have been so contentious. There's been so much crosstalk and infighting that I think people heard you and I on Brian Kilmeade's show and were like, they can't coexist together on a stage like this. I actually think you blew it. So deal with that, okay? Live with that, Tommy. How about that? I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll right. take that one on the chin. That's all right. All right. Let's, let's do some adulting now, and uh, we can get back to our feud in a little while. Uh, did you see someone I know you're fond of, and I hate to call her out, but you love Ilhan Omar. You say everything she does is brilliant. Uh, but are you reconsidering that after she posted the misinformation about the child atrocities uh, in Gaza? Yeah, you know, again, um, not a fan uh, of Ilhan Omar. Um, but you know what is really weird? Uh, I did find it very interesting, you know, a few weeks back when she was staring so lovingly at Matt Gates. Mm-hmm. as he basically destroyed the speakership for Kevin McCarthy. That I thought was interesting. But now flash forward, I mean, all the members of the Hamas caucus showing their true colors. You know, you've got AOC crying about giving aid to Israel. You know, at this point, when people tell you who they are, just believe them. And that's why they should be heretofore recognized as the Hamas caucus, because quite frankly, I don't even think they see that as an insult. And that's the worst part of it all. It's like I know, it's like a compliment. Tommy Laren is on the on the line against our better judgment. Uh, We're talking about this Hamas caucus. It's crazy because you know what is also nuts in all of this? DeSantis gets about 300 people out of Israel over the weekend. No one even cares. Like, I I feel like this is a full stop moment where we're supposed to be applauding the accomplishment of that because the administration certainly isn't doing enough of it. So what do you attribute that to? It's like, are we fighting the wrong battles, so to speak, when it comes to what we prioritize? 
Yeah, or you think? I mean, we knew that the Democrats weren't going to hail Governor Ron DeSantis as some kind of a hero mm-hmm. or a leader uh, with what he did and his heroic acts and making sure that these people get back safely and, you know, extending the resources and making sure that he followed through on that commitment. We knew Democrats and Democrat media were not going to celebrate that. But the fact that a lot of Republicans also chose to ignore it uh, because they're for Donald Trump is just wild to me. I mean, this man, everything this man says he's going to do, he does. But because he's not Donald Trump, there are Republicans who just refuse to look at his leadership and to celebrate the positive advances that he makes. And it frustrates me. Another thing that Ron DeSantis said over the weekend that I've yet to hear from a lot of other Republican candidates is that he will not be taking in refugees from Gaza because it's a national security concern. I would like other Republicans to weigh in on that because I think that we deserve to know where they would stand on that. You know, we've allowed millions and millions of illegal immigrants to come in as asylum seekers. We need to know if our next president would be willing to bring in millions more unvetted, undocumented people from the Middle East. Still haven't heard that from the rest of the Republicans. I'm waiting for it. You know, it's crazy because people don't have his guts. This is where DeSantis, you know, deserves a lot of credit is a lot of people do try to read the room. And he is very much a guy who leads the room. When we were talking about COVID, he didn't worry about the political blowback of reopening. He was like, this is the move. You got to reopen. And uh, it's the same thing when it comes to the refugee situation. Like we absolutely there's no world where you should be taking people into this country that actively wishes harm. But getting past us, uh, it's the anti-Semitism problem. They want to wipe Israel off the map. This is not about a state, a two-state solution. This is about one group of people don't have a right to exist in their eyes. So for that, he does deserve credit. But that's my frustration, man, is like when you look out at, you know, the race right now, I don't doubt he might surprise people in Iowa and move up. Uh, But he is doing the right things. But I think the presidency has become it's like you're just running for class president now. I think it's that is more than anything. And I think that's why, like, a guy like Vivek had a lot of traction early on as he was, you know, making videos, playing tennis and doing all the silly, superficial stuff on social media. But I think when it comes to the world we're living in, I don't think we need an influencer. I think we need a leader right now more than ever. No, you're exactly right. We need a leader. And it's frustrating to me that we can't see this and that this Republican primary is as wild as it is. And you see Nikki Haley moving up. I'm I'm not a fan of of Nikki Haley. You see Vivek, who just wants to get his name out there, who just wants to be a shock jock. And then you've got Donald Trump, who, you know, I'm a fan of Donald Trump. I'm a supporter of Donald Trump. But every time I hear Donald Trump speak, he's talking about Donald Trump. And Ron DeSantis said something the other day that I thought was so important in an interview. He said, you know, I get up and I think about my constituents and I think about the American people. I don't wake up and think about what I'm going to do for myself today. And that's a refreshing change of pace. And I wish we heard more of that. Imagine that. It's so crazy. Uh, One thing I will give you on the Nikki Haley story, though. If somehow, through some insane confluence of events, the first female president is a Republican, wouldn't it be kind of funny to see the fraud of the identity politics crew? Because they're not going to celebrate and herald our first female president if she's a Republican. Like, there's not going to be a Blake, a breaking of glass ceilings and a little girl parade in every elementary school in America. There's going to be like a she's not even a real woman type deal, don't you think? 
Well, they've already, you know, and I don't like Nikki Haley, but they've already criticized her for her, her ethnicity. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've attacked this woman, Don Lemon, telling her she's not in her prime. I mean, <laughs> um, it's just they've attacked this woman, and it's, it's just because she's a Republican, and I'm not a fan of her either, but at least I'm, I'm honest about it, and it's not because of her you know, womanhood. Uh, <laughs> it's because I just, quite frankly, don't like her policies, and I don't think we should be funding Ukraine in perpetuity. But, you know, that's my thing with Nikki Haley. I, I do, though, Jimmy, I get frustrated on the left or on the right when we talk about, well, it would be great to have the first this or the first that. Mm-hmm. I don't care who leads yeah. my country. I just want someone who can lead it, right? So I don't need somebody to give me like a pat on the back because I'm a woman that somehow makes me feel better about myself today. Yeah. Maybe just close the border. <laughs> just, that would be great. I would appreciate that more. At, at this point, like in the last four years, you're right. You would just take the first sane person. Okay, we don't care about their background. If they were just, if you just had someone in Washington who was sane right now, it would be such a step in the right direction. But we don't have that, Tommy. We don't have that. Anyway, I enjoyed this conversation. I'm not saying I'm ready to have you back in studio yet. I still don't feel safe. But I think uh, from a phone standpoint, I think we made some progress today. Well, we did, and I know that you're going to be in Nashville in about a month for the Patriot Awards. Mm. Um, I'm expecting the green bomber jacket to make an appearance. So, once or twice. Oh, man. Tommy Laren, come on. I mean, get her out. Get her out of here. We love you, Tommy. No promises on the wardrobe, but I I better see you because you know how much your friendship means to me. Right. Well, I will see you in Nashville, and make sure you bring your white cowboy boots. You'll fit right in. (laughs) That's enough. That's enough for now. We'll do this again later. Be well. You're the best. Thanks, Jimmy. Bye-bye. The great Tommy Laren. Taking some shots at the champ. I want to clarify this. Okay, this is important. Okay, it's very important. Okay. When I am at Fox... Sometimes like a Thursday, Friday, I'm not kidding, when the world is not at war, I'm on TV a lot, you know, because I come on, I talk about the news, I kind of put a positive spin on things and do some silly stuff, and it's like you get the analysis, but you don't have to feel like hell. But when there's a war, okay, you're not going to see a lot of me joking about things. Even if people might benefit from having a way to lighten things up, we still have to be mindful of the fact that there is a war and we don't want to look like we're downplaying the significance of the casualties so you realize there's a time and a place for the type of stuff I do. But a few weeks ago, Tommy saw me on a Thursday, okay, and I happened to be on TV four times that day. And what I will do is you'll never see me on TV wearing the same outfit twice in the same day. And the reason that is the case is because every time you change outfits, it kind of changes your energy. Like if you ever watch The Hustler with Jackie Gleason, when he's playing fast Eddie Felsen for the first time and they have that all-night epic match of billiards. Okay, Paul Newman's character, when they finally take a break before the deciding match, Paul Newman's character keeps drinking scotch and smoking cigarettes, and what does Jackie Gleason do? He goes and washes his face, changes his jacket, combs back his hair, and comes back fresh with a clean energy, shoots a better game of pool, and winds up beating Fast Eddie. I actually learned that from The Hustler. So between sets at comedy clubs, between TV hits at Fox, I will always reset my outfit because it gives me like a new energy. So one of the things I'll do in between TV hits is I'll take off a dress shirt and I'll walk from studio to studio in one of my bomber jackets just because it's something I can change out of quickly and change into my new outfit quickly. Well, Tommy saw me in a two-day period wearing the same bomber jacket between eight outfit changes, eight outfit changes, and had the nerve to call me out on the air. What an idiot. We love Tommy Laren. I actually loved the tough love so well, so much so. 
uh, that I, I don't think I'll ever put it down. It was really funny watching her rough me up a little bit. And if I do see her at the Patriot Awards and she happens to be in the front row, because I'll be on stage with a microphone, I do kind of owe her some type of a payback. Would you not agree? So buckle up, kids, because it's, it's about to get rowdy out there. Uh, we're going to wrap this show up when we come back with what I consider to be, and we've played you so many dumb things. Okay, I'm kind of dumb half the time, and I'm at least self-aware enough to know that. But there was something I heard over the weekend that just struck me as so criminally stupid, I felt like it needed to be saluted. So we'll wrap on that after this. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth on this here program. If you missed the taping of my live stand-up comedy special this past Friday, how dare you? I'm going straight Greta Thornburg. I kid. But if you want to see me live the rest of the year, here are the tour dates. They need to be mentioned. First and foremost, throw me out the window for a minute. Diamond Dave Landau, he appears on this show all the time. He is appearing at the Funny Bone in Toledo, Ohio this weekend. So if you're some of our Ohio listeners and you want to see Diamond Dave, get out to Toledo and see him. Uh, Another guy I love that I have to promote uh, is the great Bob Zaney. We have him on the show from time to time, okay? And he is uh, Zaney, okay, October 18th to the 21st, okay, the great Bob Zaney. He is going to be in Covina, California. So if you're listening on one of our affiliates out there, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you can see Zany at the Covina Theater. It's the Laugh Factory Covina. Bob Zany, one of the best of the best. A guy I watched on my couch on the MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour when I was about eight years old with my brother Mike. We watched Bob Zany uh, do his prop bits. My name's not Bob Zany. It's Big <laughs> McGee. You know, the great Bob Zany. It's funny to be on the air promoting him and counting on him as a pal. But go see Zany. And if Neither of those shows do it for you. You've got me live in action uh, November the 11th at the Stanley Theater in Utica, Saturday night, following a weekend at the Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida. We are talking about Friday night, uh, the 17th, Saturday night, the 18th. Go do it. Uh, and then we'll be in Reno. We'll be in specifically Carson, Nevada at the Nugget, Saturday night, December the 2nd. And then you can see me in West Palm Beach. Hey, girl. Palm Beach Kennel Club, Saturday night, December the 16th. Okay, but right now I am here with you on the radio wrapping this thing up. Here is a montage that I wanted to play all day of just college kids expressing their support for Palestine and the activities going on right now on behalf of Hamas and everything in between. This clip I consider to be a community college appreciation tweet. I make fun of myself a lot for going to community college uh, mainly because I was a, you know, it was a disaster when I was in community college. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. But I tell you all the time, if you're actually trying to get ahead in life, it's a great way to get affordable credits, and you don't get burdened with a gazillion dollars in student debt by some professor who teaches you to hate America. Okay, community college is a genius move if you use it the right way. You just got to apply yourself a little harder than I did. But in the meantime, another reason to be thankful you didn't go to one of the bigger schools is because you don't think like the kids in this montage. Listen to this, clip 20. Why are you here today? 
Uh, free Palestine. I stand with the Palestinian people unequivocally. I support decolonization and liberation of Palestinian people and the end of a mass genocide in the Gaza Strip. You're talking about the genocide of the kids being beheaded? That's false. That is actually false. When you see the kids that have been beheaded and the women that are raped, how do you feel about that? Ugh. I don't know where to start from that. Israel is notorious for creating propaganda that sides their one-sided massacre against Palestinians. That was already proven um, that didn't really happen. There was didn't happen. not verified. Women did not get raped. No. I have I've not seen any proof of that. If it did happen, it I haven't seen it. Like they get attacked for no reason. The children got attacked for no reason? The kids that were beheaded? Beheaded? Yeah, apparently. Like, that's what they were Jewish kids. Wait, Jewish kids? The U.S. military money that goes there, $4 billion a year, should stop going to Israel to support their war crimes. I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay, those are pro-Palestinian protesters at Hunter College. Okay, Hunter College is, we're not even talking about what's gone on at Harvard, what's gone on at Yale. Okay, give Ben Sass, former member of the government credit, he's the president of the University of Florida, Okay, and he trashed the other universities for not taking a stronger stance. Clip 19. When these university presidents want to say these issues are too complex, I mean, we have we have raped girls, stolen, uh, kidnapped grandmas. We have a massacre at a concert. We have intentionally targeted schools and babies. This isn't morally complex. It's easy to condemn evil as evil. But if they want to wrestle with complexity, why don't some of these university presidents stand up and actually read the Hamas charter on their campus and then grapple with the call for the genocide and eradication of the Jewish people? Because that's who Hamas is. I admire your honesty. Seriously, Ben Sass. Okay, because that is who Hamas is. It's no differently than, you know... In the summer of 2020, the Black Lives Matter organization was calling for the extermination of police and the destruction of the nuclear family. Okay, they were Marxist lunatics that were raising money off a grift, off emotionalism. Okay, everyone's racist. Give us money. And people did. And that's what these idiots are doing. They don't actually want to have an honest discussion about what Hamas stands for, because Hamas is a bunch of animals. But instead, they'll just keep donating to the causes. Pay up, suckers. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.